Welcome to the Pocahontas area, commencement 2017. Please stand for the processional. Graduation. It's that time of year where everybody, both teachers and students, are so ready for it to just be over already. Senioritis has been in full effect since December, summer break is on every student's mind, and teachers are ready for some well-deserved me time. What makes it all worse? The dreaded end-of-year assessments. Blech. But what if this last item wasn't the last hurdle between everyone in the building and the break? It's magical because it's just you get kids that you don't normally get to have and you get to have them for six hours so you get to do so many cool things for two full weeks that it's just it's amazing to see kids start from one point you know day one and then how much they've grown after day 10 it's just it's super super awesome and so yep. what, do you, what do you teach this technology? Um, my term is digital photography but it's called I spy so it's more about how they can manipulate the images and the different types of photography versus you know, actually how to change the shutter speed and awesome. that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, I, I actually love it. It's yeah. super fun. I mean, every kid that leaves is like, wow, that was super amazing. In a small high school serving several communities in northern Iowa, the magical experience of May term has been happening every year since around 2005. I'm Nathaniel Bozarth, and this is Wide Ruled. We went to the hometown of wide-ruled executive producer Christopher Cook, that's Pocahontas, Iowa, population 1700, to find out what May term was all about. We captured some other stories while we were there. You'll hear them over the course of the summer. But first, a reminder that you can support Wide Ruled by sharing this episode and by going to patreon.com slash wideruledpodcast, where you can give as little as a buck per episode we churn out, your patronage helps us spread the word about Wide Rule to more listeners across the country. Here's the principal of Pocahontas Area High School, Roger Francis. My name's Roger Francis. I'm the um, principal here at Pocahontas Area. This is a 712 building, so seventh grade through senior building. Um, this is just going to complete my 18th year here. So it'll be my 18th graduating class that we were working with this morning. All right. How did May term get started? How long have you had it here at Pocahontas area, and where'd the idea come from? You know, uh, it was I, I implemented it, I'm going to say, 12 or 14 years ago. Um, don't know the exact tape. The superintendent at that time was Mike Wright, and he was a shared superintendent between our school district and Lorenz Marathon School District. And they're school was kind of dabbling with it a little bit and, and I just kind of liked the concept so I took you know what they had tried and I, and I tried to spin it the way I thought it should be run and things like that and for various reasons you know number one anybody would agree with you and say you know what those last two weeks of school the kids are shutting down anyway mm-hmm. you know they don't want to be here it's nice outside they're there you don't get a lot out of them and, and so let's let's quit fighting that you know, let's, let's give them some hands-on things to do. Let's get them in and out of the building. Let's keep them busy instead of studying for semester tests and, and taking them. 
what's so wrong with the kids walking out the last day of school having enjoyed that last day instead of, oh, God, I can't believe I just failed that chemistry final. You know, walk out on a good note instead of a negative note. I talked to a bunch of teachers and students about May term. I ran into a theater teacher, Mrs. Nesbitt, in the school office. It's a bit noisy because just a few feet from where we were standing, students were going in and out of the office, opening and closing the door that led to the school cafeteria. <laughs> okay. So my May term is basically an intro to theater. So we, um, we write our own play and then we perform at the last day of school. And that process starts with getting to know each other and get comfortable with each other. So we do a lot of games like charades and improv and that kind of get to know you type of games. And then we sit down and we have some discussions of kind of serious discussions, kind of draw thing questions out of the hat. Then usually from that comes an idea. Like our idea last year was masks and that we all wear masks and nobody really knows who the true you are because we put on masks during the day. We kind of write scenes that kind of go along with that theme and put it on. And different years come up with, I mean, there's not all, sometimes they're more serious than others and sometimes they're not. And it just kind of comes from the kids. So write the different scenes and put them together and go up to the Rialto then and practice them and put on a performance. And you have, and you have your students for about like 60 hours, right? Because you have them for five days, six hours a day, two weeks? It is nine to three for 10 days. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it takes a lot of planning. Um, you can't just go and wing it because six hours is a long time to have the same kids. So, so the first few days, definitely I kind of go hour by hour. And then after that, it's like, depending on where we're at and the playwriting process and um, and they get breaks, and it's, it's, I like May term because at the end of the year, it's definitely a better, it's a more positive way to end the year. Mine fits under the English because we do the writing, we do the speaking, we do the, the discussion and all those English um, literacy standards, which most May terms under, they're under some kind of curriculum. But it's just a different way to approach it, which is change. Change, is, change at the end of the year is good. <laughs> I took Bob the Builder with our, in, our shop teacher, and he kind of taught us, like, um, the basics of building a house and a lot of construction. Uh, I know, like, Farmer and the Dell, they do a lot of, like, planting and tomatoes. So it kind of, like, gives you all of the basics towards life for about two weeks and it's kind of more relaxed than school you know you get away your hats in school uh get to go out to eat you know kind of just some stuff you don't normally get to do in school cool. so what so you said you did bob the builder one year what else what other may terms did you do uh i did bob the builder and then i also did um it's called uh quench your thirst we uh kind of design your own labeling company for a soda and then you make your own soda also. Was your soda pretty good? Uh, it wasn't too bad. <laughs>
My name is Angie Axman. I'm the business teacher here, and then my partner um, teacher for this project is Melissa Davis, and she is our upper-level science teacher. Our matrim is called Obey Your Thirst, um, so we make pop from scratch. That's the science part of it. She teaches them how to do that, and then on the business side for me, the final activity for the student body is they will see our commercials that we make, and they will have a taste test on the pop, and they will vote on those to determine eventually our ultimate winner. That's that's really cool, like real-world stuff. It is real-world, and it's stuff that is hard to do during a normal eight-period day because the stuff is time-consuming. So May term allows us the extended time to do some of those projects that maybe we can't do in a 42-minute class period. What kind of outcomes do your students get after taking the Obey Your Thirst May term? Well, Hopefully they have some science outcomes with the making of the pot from scratch. Um, we want them to have some business outcomes, specifically in the marketing category. Um, employability skills in terms of working with a team and being able to use all those communication skills with that. So, And then technology skills in terms of marketing their particular um, pop. So there is a lot of mixture of outcomes in here. What are you, what are you unpacking? Um, I'm unpacking, this is a team building activity for our May term, and it's called Breakout EDU. If you look online, you can see what it's all about, um, but there's a series of five challenges for them. Um, those five challenges have five locks. Um, the premise behind the activity, the theme is Back to the Future, so what they're trying to do is the Hill Valley Preservation Society has lost all the petitions to save the clock tower, and it's up to them to get this box open so that they can find the petitions in time to save the clock tower or, oh no, they're going to change it to digital. So when the students come in, um, I will actually be the professor's niece. I'm not in costume now, but I will be, and I will be very excited that they are here to help us solve this puzzle because otherwise they're going to destroy the clock tower. That last bit was Mrs. Axman fully in character. She was dressed in a white lab coat and had some other science-y accoutrements in her hands. She was frantically pointing to a picture of a clock projected onto a large screen at the front of the room and exclaiming the impending doom of the 1955 Back to the Future clock tower. Next, I talked to Miss Freeberg, an English teacher. She had a comparatively much more peaceful May term to teach. Today we're just getting started with some basic folds, and so we'll do a cup, and then I'll read the story of Sadako and the thousand paper cranes, um, and then we will fold our first crane today, which is kind of difficult because it's many, many folds. <laughs> Can you show me a crane? Yeah. Oh, you have a whole, I didn't see this back here, you have all the, there's like 15 different colors of paper back here, and there's boxes and a butterfly? It's a butterfly. I like, I like these boxes. They're really colorful. Aren't those cool? So they're three colors each, right? Yep. And there's like about six pieces of paper that get folded up and then they get 
woven in there. And this, um, when I was in college, I was at Buena Vista in Storm Lake, and we had a sister school in Japan, and so Japanese girls stayed in my dorm, and they left me pretty things, which kind of is how I kind of got interested in origami, because I thought, how do you make this strange geometrical figure here. It looks like two cubes two. got like squished together sort of yes. at an angle. And I, I have not succeeded in figuring out how they did this, but I did find something online that I may try to tackle something like that this this year. Every year I kind of learn something different. And it sounds like you also, as an English teacher, incorporate some, some literature with with it as well. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a it's it's a nice break from folding and it is kind of a good it's a nice it's a nice story about a girl who got sick after the bombing in Hiroshima and um, the belief in Japan I believe is that if you fold a thousand paper cranes your wish could come true. So she folded cranes in the hospital hoping to recover. She did not but it, it's kind of started a peace movement is kind of the yeah. focus of the story and people send strings of cranes to her statue so it's, it's a neat little story yeah so you said may term is is fun depending on which which like may term you get what are the may terms that you want to get i mean for me like art was one of them uh, mystery histories mysteries was one of them i mean like let's say like like there's like a there's like a i think there's like an agricultural class but if you don't like agricultural stuff that's not like a class that you're going to enjoy doing two weeks of but um, you have like a list of like classes you can do and um, you just check off the ones you want to do and the teachers assign you into a class. Something really cool about that agricultural May term this student mentioned, students and teachers care for the garden over the summer. Then in the fall, the cafeteria uses the ingredients from the garden in school lunches. The student also mentioned the history May term. It's called History's Mysteries. Here's Mr. Shannon giving the class introduction. Uh, the purpose behind the class is that what we're trying to do is to show that history matters today. That we think about, sometimes kids think of history as being a textbook, and instead of seeing it that way, what we really try to do is to show them that history does in fact matter today. And especially in our rural areas, that what we end up having is that sometimes we seem desegregated from the rest of modern society, you could say. Some people in the inner cities think that we don't have an idea of what we see as the world and so the purpose is to kind of show that we can still provide those same opportunities out here. That's pretty cool that the history teacher is directly addressing the urban-rural divide. I'd love to sit in on that midterm to hear what he has to say. So a lot of the teachers talked about ending the year on a high note, about the restlessness that is avoided by having a more dynamic end of the year, but there's also a deeply practical regulations-related rationale for midterm. It comes down to a serious issue that's haunting rural America, shrinking or stagnating populations. When a district becomes too small to adequately serve their shrinking student population, given limited per-pupil student resources, they might merge with a neighboring district in order to create a small economy of scale. You'll note that this is why the high school we're visiting is called Pocahontas Area Community High School, PAC. Pocahontas area is the sole high school serving an area that at one time had something like six different high schools. So merging, a sort of our powers combined approach, allows the merged districts to continue to offer their students a variety of extracurricular activities and classes, which they wouldn't be able to adequately staff given a single shrinking district's per pupil funds. 
So beyond all the warm fuzzies and good end of year vibes, May term helps Pocahontas area keep up with the diversity of class offerings available in larger cities like Des Moines or Omaha, ensuring a measure of equity for students across the state of Iowa, regardless of where they live. Here's Principal Francis again. And then another thing is just just to kind of help meet state accreditations. You know, it's almost like a, a third semester in there we can offer because these are accredited classes the kids get a credit for it and it's part of their GPA and everything you know it's and it's kind of modeled off some of the college places and stuff and if you took a summer class at college sometime you usually go for like two weeks and you put in X number of minutes and that's enough minutes to earn a credit well by doing this for two weeks we can put in enough minutes that the Department of Ed will allow us to give a credit Mm -hmm. so my teachers are teaching a class that they're licensed to teach in so like uh, Mr. Youngberg, for example, is a social studies teacher, and he's doing a class called National Treasures. Well, it's a social studies-based class. So that, in the eyes of the state, then, that's one more social studies offering that we have. Mm-hmm. And, and that area is not a tough one for us, but, but like um, for health. You know, we have to have X number of health courses offered, and that's harder for me to get those offered during the regular school year. So Mr. Ruffridge will teach a health class now during, during May term. He calls it Healthy Living. So that helps us meet that requirement for the state that, hey, you have to have an extra health class offered. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't fit it in first or second semester, but I can make it fit in May term. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's two or three examples of things like that. We have an English offered that way. We have a math offered that way just to make sure we have the required offerings that the state says you will have this number of courses offered. To make sure this shrinking population thing makes sense to you, I'm going to break it down a little more. Schools get funding on a per-pupil basis. So school X gets a $10,000 allotment for student Janie. Janie has seven teachers. Her $10,000 allotment is split evenly among those seven teachers, less building costs, transportation costs, administration costs, lunch subsidization, and a host of other things. So each teacher needs to see a minimum amount of students over the course of their day to adequately fund their salary. So the funding attached to each student at a school pays for a fraction of each teacher's salary. And if you only have enough students enrolled in, say, an algebra course in a given year to pay a fraction of a teacher's annual salary, you can imagine that things begin to get tight. But as Principal Francis indicated, to solve this budget crisis, you can't just start cutting classes willy-nilly, because sooner rather than later, you're going to lose state accreditation for not offering sufficient options to your students. Let's get back out of the weeds a bit now. I want to spend just a few minutes giving you student perspectives. I think they say some really significant things here. Yeah, I mean, I think I learn better in May term than I do in actual school because it's more laid back. You know, they're not forcing it down your throat. Uh, You kind of get to choose what you want to learn. You know, you're not forced to always learn math or always learn science uh you know you kind of just choose what you want to learn and if you want to take anything from it you do yeah may term's kind of fun i mean it one of those things that you it's kind of too short you kind of wish it was a few more weeks maybe before school gets out instead of you know into after into our summer but it, it just kind of makes people want to stay in school a little bit more so how does may term differ from the rest of the school year May term differs from the rest of the school year because you're learning, but it's not like stressful learning. It's just for fun. And 
you don't have homework, which is nice, and you just get to do whatever you want, kind of. What, how would you feel if May term were like like more than once a year? If there was like a May term and then like a January term or something, would you be into that? Yeah, that would be awesome because sometimes you just need a break from all that learning and stressful stuff, and this is totally stress-free. So what makes it stressful? I'm mostly homework, and like I'm always worrying about my grades and if I'm going to fail, and it's kind of scary, but everything's fine. So this is nice because you don't have that stress now. Nope, you don't have to worry about grades or anything. You just need to relax and just do what your teacher tells you to and just go adventuring. This puts me back in that dream state a bit. My heart kind of goes out to this girl talking about being a high schooler and being stressed. Either she could benefit from some of the in-school counseling services we talked about a few weeks back, to help her manage her stress or she's really onto something with her note that it'd be nice to have some more breaks from the stress of what feels like high stakes homework and testing I asked Principal Francis if he had considered implementing the May term concept in a broader way here's his answer well we we really haven't talked about having it more than once a year but we have talked about you know if kids are this excited about this type of stuff Look for ways to take pieces of that back to the regular classroom. You know, so, so if you're you know, doing a certain thing in, in history class and the kids are excited about it, can you simulate that in you know, a regular government class throughout the year or something like that? So try, try to take those things that get the kids excited and try to you know, mesh it in and, and, and do it that way. So that's, that's about as far as we've gone with it. And, and, and sometimes it seems like it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But... That's where we've kind of finished up with it. I gotta believe that the Bocahannas area high school is onto something with this idea. And judging by how excited teachers were about May term, I'm certain it affects their teaching the rest of the year, even in small ways. Principal Francis noted that several other districts have sent admins to scout out the May term program and have implemented similar programs in their districts. He couldn't give me a count of how many. Wide Ruled is Brain Roots' podcast on the past and present of equality in education. This episode is meant to be an upbeat introduction to issues of rural-urban equity. We'll go further in depth in future episodes this summer, including an interview with bus drivers and the superintendent of the Pocahontas Area School District. The crux of the issue is that depopulation, the rise of rural decay by the corresponding rise of megacorporations and gargantuan agricultural operations, leads to a decreasing amount of experiences and opportunities available for our kids living in small-town America. An equal education means equitable opportunities for all our kids across the country, regardless of race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, or geography. I'm Nathaniel Bozarth. Thanks to executive producer Christopher Cook for his constructive editorial criticism on each episode. A reminder that if you think this episode was important, There are a number of ways you can support Wide Rule. You can rate us on iTunes and leave a review. And better yet, you can go to patreon.com slash wideruledpodcast and donate a little dough every time we produce a new episode. Every little bit helps us get more ears on the podcast. It's also a big help if you share Wide Rule with your friends and colleagues. Get the word out, people. Thanks for listening.